Garbage Film, the podcast where we link trashy movies and arty film, and we're here to say they're not too different. You can have fun with both. I am, as always, one of your hosts, Nick, and with me is my uh, partner and co-host, Aaron. Hi, Aaron. Hi, Nick. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. We're both slamming some coffees. Slamming so. some coffees. Yeah. Enjoy the sounds of the little tinkles of ice. It's very hot here. Yes. We're in Ontario, where we are a week into uh, don't go outside for your health weather. Yes. <laughs> it is Canada, so don't go outside for your health is like... It hit 40 degrees and everyone kind of, their brains melt. Yeah. So. Yeah. It, I feel like that's just been how it's been since I was a child. So I'm used to it. I'm all oh, good. Oh, cool. And that's why we watch movies. <laughs> and speaking of movies. There it is. Oh, another trademark copyright segue from. <laughs> Are you copywriting the idea I of guess. a trademark? <laughs> <laughs> the little trademark some... symbol, an even smaller <laughs> trademark symbol. <laughs> gonna have some trouble with this one from a font perspective <laughs> and a legal perspective uh contact the legal team um <laughs> this week we are talking about i can't make a second way off of that this week we are talking about uh, a classic a technicolor classic mm-hmm. uh black narcissist from 1947 so good <laughs> Do you notice a change in us since we came here? I notice a change in you. You're human. Yes, we're all human, aren't we? I told you it was no place to put a nunnery. We must all get away before something happens. Why should we want to keep you here against your will? Because you're all jealous of me. Especially you. I very much hope that anybody listening has watched Black Narcissist. It is well worth one's time. Yes. It is a fantastic looking movie, but as always, spoilers to follow. Yes. Uh, spoilies. Sorry, I'm falling out of my own spoilies. lexicon. I said that about a movie the other I day heard you in say public. It. <laughs> at my job. <laughs> it was not good. Okay. I meanwhile thought it was great. Uh, so we're talking about Black Narcissist. What is Black Narcissist, Nick, you ask? Uh, and I respond. Uh-oh. Sorry, I'm reading your lines. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Pulling back the curtain a little much here. Um, what is Black Nar- oh. Narcissist? Would it help if I said the name of the movie correctly? Black Narcissus. There it is. Uh, this is a movie comes to us from 1947. Mm-hmm. It's directed by uh, the UK team Michael Powell and Emmerich Pressburger. Colin Pressburger. Uh, it's adapted from the 1939 novel by Margaret Rumer Godden uh, of the same name. Or name's Margaret. Yeah, first name. She went like professional pen name was Rumor. I was good. I yeah. remember Rumor got in as the like adapted from on the, on yeah. the title cards. And I was like, whoa, that's a cool name. You don't come across too many rumors. In 1939? Yeah. No, you do not. Though she was talk of all the gossip. Please move on. Homophone fun. <laughs> um, this is starring some uh, classics of the time. We got Deborah Kerr, Kathleen Byron, Sabu. Uh, David Farrar, Flora Robson, Esmond Knight, and Gene Simmons. Mm-hmm. So not the not, <laughs> no. I, I realize when you say it out loud. Yeah, J E A N Simmons. Yes. Yeah. Gene. Yeah. So those are lots of uh, famous at the time actors. If you're not familiar with their work, check them out. I don't know why I'm really <laughs> vying for this. You're the legal representation for everyone. In this oh, movie. I'm the legal team? Yeah, you're the legal God team. Damn. Sorry, bad news. <laughs> yeah, so let's give this a rundown. So if it's been a while since you've seen it, or uh, if you're just committed to not seeing it, prepare to know all about it. <laughs> yeah. um, and just to get this out of the way before talking about this, this would not be a UK production from the 40s without having some brown face in it. Oh, so, yes, yeah. just to get ahead of that, yes, Gene Simmons plays a character in brown face. There is a, the, the old king that we'll talk about, the old general. He is also in brown face. Luckily, though, to me, and someone please correct me if, if uh, you have a different take on this, uh, it has, they have a minimal impact on the plot and they aren't used to overly reinforce hurtful stereotypes to me. Um, yes, I think it's more of a, like, hey, this person's from here. So it has all the harmful things of, like, we didn't bother yeah. casting a brown actor. Though the principalist okay. Indian person is played by Sabu, Sabu who is yeah. of that background. So, I mean, like, 
They got halfway there. No one does a shitty accent uh, or anything. The old general kind of uh, does. He's in it so briefly that yeah. I kind of even forgot he was in it. But, <laughs> when we, we rewatched yeah. this and when he popped up, I was like, oh yeah, I re- remember not liking this part. Oh, I remember this sucking. <laughs> yeah. And Gene yeah. Simmons just fully does not speak the entire time, I believe. So. She really doesn't, yeah. yeah. Anyway. So, you know. There's your disclaimer. Warning. Yep. yep. Uh, so this movie, we are talking about a mission of Anglican nuns from the Order of the Servants of Mary. They're invited, who we've already mentioned, General Todorai, who is uh, the ruler of a princely state in the Himalayas, to set up a school and hospital to be called St. Faith. Uh, the convent will be located at Mopu, a dilapidated palace high on a cliff, where uh, the general's father previously kept a harem. So that's... Uh, As you do, yeah, in the mountains. This is the party house. Basically. Harem castle. Yep. Uh, the ambitious Sister Cloda is appointed Sister Superior and sent with four other nuns, who are uh, Sister Philippa for the garden, Sister Bryony for the infirmary, Sister Blanche, better known as Sister Honey, to teach <laughs> lace making, and uh, oh. rounding out the team is the emotionally unwell Sister Ruth <laughs> in a real odd, like, staffing choice. Yeah, and it's kind of implied that, like, the, the current Mother Superior, like, the, the mm. elderly one... She, it's kind of implied that she sends Sister Ruth as a test, like, to fuck with Sister Clota. Kind of a combo of, like, yeah, let's see how you handle this. And it honestly might be good for her to get out of here for a while. Like, this weird combination of, like, let's let's just see what happens. A very, a very (laughs) Anglican thing of, like, let's test their faith. As someone who was raised Anglican, correct. You know. Yep. You remember when you were emotionally unstable and sent to the Himalayas. <laughs> they do that. Yep. Uh, well, she's just going to be the general teacher. So just get her interacting sure. with kids. That's Great. perfect. Yeah. Yep. Love that. Mr. Dean, the uh, general totorized agent, is unimpressed with them when they arrive and predicts that they will manage to remain only until the beginning of the monsoon season. We're not left to, to like, with a specific amount of time that that is, but it seems like a it's couple of pretty months. short. Yeah, yeah. Uh, during their time setting up the convent, the nuns face troubles with the old building and with the local Hindu population, often clashing with the building's native caretaker, Angu Aya, uh, who is... She cracked me up. Very funny. Uh, they have difficulty accepting the holy man that lives on the grounds, who's the general's uncle. Uh, he spends all of his time staring into the mountains, they take on a local girl called Kanchi, who is played by Gene Simmons, to try and control her erratic spirit and give the general's current heir, referred to as the young general, that's Sabu, classes to understand Western culture prior to a trip to Britain, and these two eventually run off together because... Of course. Yeah, that's how it goes. <laughs> because you're both 17. Yes. <laughs> uh, each member of the order has troubles of her own caused by their surroundings, which... They keep talking about how, like, the surroundings are magnifying all of their uh, emotions like and all their memories. Prob- yeah. Yeah. Exacerbating everything. Yeah. Uh, Bryony suffers from some ill health. Philippa loses herself in the environment and ends up planting a veg- uh, flower garden instead of a vegetable garden, implying that they'll all starve to death is kind of how I take it. Yeah. 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 They have this, like, sorry, we have no potatoes. <laughs> Wait, so what are we going to no, eat? No carrots? We can't eat Lettuce? pansies, damn it. <laughs> And she's just listing off, like Claudia's listing off, like the potatoes. She, uh, nope, those are those are roses now. Those are daffodils. Okay, they're carrots, peonies. <laughs> just this very embarrassed Onions, list of also peonies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, God, I didn't really think about that. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're gonna starve now. Yep. Uh, Ruth is already highly strung, but she becomes increasingly jealous of Cloda and obsessed with Mister Dean, leading her to renounce the order quit being a nun. Uh, Clodo remembers a failed romance from her home in Ireland, which had prompted her to join the order in the first place, and Honey's growing attachment to the children ends in disaster when she gives medicine to a fatally ill baby, and the child's death angers all the locals who blame and abandon the mission and puts a lot of strain on the nuns, because now they have no form of food, no... It's not that they have income, but, like, people coming trade yeah. and all that, so, like, they're cut off in the mountains. Yeah. Yeah. Cool times. Mr. Dean unsuccessfully tries to persuade Clota to leave before anything else untoward happens, but... Of course. Of course. We got some untoward business going on. Uh, One night, Clota confronts uh, the very unstable Ruth, uh, finding her to be in a modern dress and makeup, and uh, she has kind of ordered from afar, and she, like, sneaks off with the mail at some point. Yeah. Uh, And it's all to just impress Mr. Dean. (laughs) 
Uh, Ruth escapes Clodagh's watch and finds him, uh, and when he refuses her advances, she has a nervous breakdown, goes back to the mission, uh, intent on killing Clodagh because she sees, like, oh, Clodagh and Dean are together, and that's why he won't love me. Yeah. Uh, so when Clodagh is ringing the bell for their boating service located on a cliff edge, Ruth attempts to push her over the edge, and in the struggle, Ruth falls to her death. And uh, the mission leaves just as the monsoon season begins, with uh, Clodagh's final request to Mr. Dean being to tend Ruth's grave. Uh, and yeah, Mr. Dean was right that they didn't make it to the to the rains. Yep. Yep. That's just a, a huge waste of time on everybody's <laughs> part. Also, a couple of people died. Anglicanism. <laughs> Thank you, Britain. <laughs> So, God yeah. damn! Yep. There's black narcissists for you. Yeah. So, you know what I like about this movie is that it's intensely dramatic. Like it's very, it's almost a thriller. I would, yeah. I would say you could easily call it a thriller. I'd say for the '40s, it's a thriller. Oh, hundred sure. percent. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The idea of like a woman seeking sex, <laughs> like just mind blowing. But it's also one of the most gorgeous movies you'll ever oh watch. Just like every single frame and shot is just like astoundingly beautiful to yeah. look at like and the, it's mostly done with matte paintings almost and very, exclusively yeah, yeah and very careful lighting careful lighting and the technicolor process was like they yes, took enormous yeah. great pains to like yeah take full advantage of it yeah yeah it's just unbelievable to yeah. look at it's so but it's yeah but it's also this just like you could we could argue of arguably have put this in the trashy column yeah you could it's, yeah it's a very like nuns gone wild you know <laughs> it's you you could make the case this i haven't we haven't seen it but there's the the remake tv series that came out pretty recently oh, yeah. that i think was built much more as like uh-huh. check out these sexy nuns <laughs> Whereas this is, like, much more cut. Like, you start out, like, you get 40 minutes in, and you're like, okay, it's getting a little sexy. And then David Farrar shows up in his short shorts and no shirt. shorts. You start... I love that that's all it takes is just, like, that man's wearing shorts! I'm giving up nunnery! My loins! Uh, <laughs> and, like, because this was a former harem uh, domicile, there's yes. all these, like, very sexy paintings all over the wall, but like there's not a mm-hmm. lot of attention drawn to it, but it's it's just omnipresent everywhere. Yeah, they're literally like that's that's what's on the walls. Yeah. It's like Indian erotic paintings. Yeah. And it does just fade into the background, but yeah, if you're a nun and you're just constantly like, don't look up, don't look up, don't look up. Just being assaulted. They start hanging like cloth over it just to be like, oh, if I can't see it, it doesn't exist. Oh my god. Which thematically appropriate that's very true yeah and i guess i didn't mention it but yeah it is for the time especially an immensely horny movie oh so horny yeah Yeah. it's it's very much like you're looking at um oh i can't remember her name now kathleen byron um sister ruth that's ruth yeah (laughs) right yes yeah yeah, um and she like she catches she catches a glimpse of Mr. Dean in his little shorts because he like it's India like it's it's the it's yeah, August it, he's like, living yeah. in the Himalayas it's yeah. hot <laughs> so and he's like come up to greet them or whatever and you can just see like her pupils get larger yeah. even like it's a it's a very there's a lot of close-ups and a lot yeah. of yeah like there's a close-up of Ruth applying makeup to like quivering lips mm-hmm. like it's really like oh my god it's very overt <laughs> like people would have been getting the vapors and fainting in the theater I'm sure <laughs> yeah 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 covering each other's eyes at <laughs> yeah. pretty much all of the movie. Yeah. Yep. Even yep. the shots of the flowers in the garden is a little bit like, hmm. What are you suggesting? I, have, yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's not what this shot is about. <laughs> like, you make jokes about, uh, I feel like the entire world makes jokes about, like, England eroticism, and it's like, ooh, a furtive glance over yeah, ooh, porridge or uncle. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But this, this it really, like, you can you can feel it. Like, it very obvious. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's so funny that it... Well, I mean, like, let's... let's. Shall we talk about the setting a little bit of yeah, this, yeah. like... Yeah, yeah, you said that you did some research into the... Yeah, I was curious when yeah. we watched it. So, like, the... <laughs> Do you like how I was like, let's talk about the thing I know. <laughs> and um, I told you I was going to make you talk about it, so... That's fair. Here we are. Um, so, the, you know, Anglican church, like, very mission... Yeah. Missions. Very common. Yeah. Basically, the whole... The whole point yeah and it's, <laughs> within a couple of hundred years like that's mostly what they did if if i remember right it's like it's not that they were like let's go convert people they're like you know if they happen to convert it mm-hmm. went through some yeah yeah 
it was very overt at first, but then it sort of morphed into this like, okay, this isn't working out great. <laughs> what if we just, it was a very kill them with kindness kind of situation oh, yeah. where like, let's create this, like, you know, let's bring them education, you know, mm. white upper class education, mm, but let's yeah. bring them education. Let's, let's establish schools and hospitals were the two big ones. Right. And so I'm sure there's, there's no way you're walking into that scenario being like, I'm going to you know, dominate the local population. Like you genuinely think you're doing something good for people. Yeah. And the amount of frustration that builds up over the course of this movie as like things are not going well. Yeah. When their whole their whole mission was literally just it wasn't kill the native, keep the the man. It wasn't that attitude. Mm. It was let's bring the light of Christ into yeah. their life. And let's that is... let's spread joy. And people are not receptive to this and they're like, why why won't you accept joy? <laughs> Why like, like, can't they see that this is important to them? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the um, hell? Excuse me? So it's just very, like, it starts off very hopeful, and mm. they're they're determined nuns, and they're going to make it work, and it just absolutely falls apart by the end because they don't, they don't bother to understand. Like, none of them ever learn a word of Hindu. Mm. Hindustani? That's one of the languages, yeah. Yeah. They they just take, like, there's a little boy who's a translator because so he... Were, yeah. He... Michael... Is that right. his name, Michael? Or is it Joseph? Matthew? It's one of those. It's one like, of those, he was yeah. clearly named by a religious or anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, they don't they don't bother to learn a single thing about the environment they're living in, and it it it's like it just beats them down as yeah. a result. Like they don't even try to adapt. Mr. Dean keeps trying to tell them, like, yeah, you need to know these things and do mm-hmm. this and don't do that. And like, well, I think that Christ knows a little bit, yeah. like very... <laughs> I'm here for a good reason, so I think I know best. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. And the the other thing I thought was interesting is that the, like, they're, aside from this very direct contact with, like, girls' schools and hospitals, like, mm. creating those institutions, you know, for, for the people whose country they were in, yeah. the... Mr. Dean exists because he's like the the British colonial liaison right. to the Indian general. Right. They never they preferred very much to work with like the elite of the of whatever country or of what you know yeah. of whatever group they were trying to missionarize. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure there's an actual word for it, but they they actively preferred not to Learn the language, or it was always like the the general had to learn English. You, when you say that they preferred to work with the elite, you mean the Sorry, British? The British, yeah. yes, yeah. So he he's a colonial agent, and the only reason that he's kind of made it this long is because he did like he lives down in the valley with the mm. villagers. He eats the food. He learned the language. Yeah, he knows the language. Like yeah. he has clearly adapted, mm-hmm. but as a result, he's kind of not seen as like very British. Like he's, he's lost something to them by by becoming more naturalized there. And they clear like the nuns clearly look down on him. Mm-hmm. Like he shows up. In his they floppy hat, his shirt falling up, off yeah. his body, and yeah. he is super rude to him to them. Yes, which is very funny. I think that's probably the most like the the thing they take issue with right away. Like he shows up with supplies, uh, with men to help build, like to help you know bring furniture up the mountain and food and to get them like supplies to get them started and they're like you speak very rudely get the fuck off my mountain like they can't even handle how not british he is anymore because to them he's no longer british because he's kind of he's adapted it's the exact same thing you see in politics all the time now where it's like who cares what they're trying to do they said a bad word and it's just like well they were mean to me (laughs) is that the substance of the thing can you not separate a word from action is that not what we're <laughs> apparently not. Uh, no in a couple a... thousand years we still haven't figured that out as a race i guess <laughs> yeah we never will <laughs> yeah so I, I i find that very interesting this whole just like this coming from above the setting mm. is very like yes we had a word with your superiors and we will be teaching you mathematics they, like, and to drive that metaphor that. home <laughs> yeah, to drive that metaphor home they are stuck on the top of a mountain and nowhere near the yes. actual population like the population all lives in the valley very comfortably yeah and, and the old general has to pay the people to come and see yes, the nuns it's the yeah. only way he can get anybody to come out yeah like, they have pity students yeah yeah. yeah. I think Sabu would be the only person who, like, actually of his own volition is like, yeah, I want to go do this. But it's because, because he wants to interact with the elite. Yeah. yeah. He wants to go to Oxford. Or yeah. he has just gone to Oxford. Or, or Cambridge. Or, yeah. yeah. No, he's hoping to go to Cambridge. That's right. what it is. So he's like, please teach me, like, Greek and mathematics. And, yeah. 
Yeah, he wants to become more British. Yeah. Which is not good. He made the right choice by yes. running away with Kanji. <laughs> yep. Godspeed, you tiny emperor. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so I I really enjoy that. Like, you don't have to know anything about the historical setting to get what's going on. Yeah, and to, Like, you not. have to know the colonialism exists. There you go. <laughs> um, and, like, to almost to the film's credit, and I'm sure this was not thought about, the fact that there is no... Sabu's the closest we get to a local person's perspective. But it true. doesn't. he doesn't really care because he's one of the elite. So he's, he's trying not, to become British. Yeah. yeah. But, like, it... Help! It, it just like makes the isolation feelings like ramp up super hard because you're like, yeah. oh, we don't even know the first thing about like we're. I think you're almost never in the same room as a native Himalayan Indian person. Like, no, yeah, they they're there at the church. Yeah. No, they they don't even go to the church. They're at the school and the hospital, and yeah. that's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like. Yeah. There's yeah. It's it's just so they they've arrived in one of the most beautiful places mm-hmm. on the planet Earth. They have all this, like, you could do whatever you want with your life. Like, they all, you know, came here to escape past Mm. indiscretions or lives or whatever. And they can't accept it. They're still trying to, to, like, fight and, and, you know, drag with them stuff from their past lives. And even if they think they're not, they they are doing it. They're just trying to put that cloth over it so they can't see it. Mm -hmm. Whoa. Sorry, I tried to make a noise, but then I, my mouth was full of coffee. Ooh. <laughs> there you go. There you go. You're welcome. Uh, one thing I really like about this, too. So, Rumor Garden, just a little bit about Rumor Garden. Mm. She was actually a UK native that spent pretty much all of her schooling years and most of her adult life in colonial India. So, she was. Oh, okay. She was the Mr. Dean, basically, except <laughs> okay. not government. Like, sure, she sure. learned the language and she. Oh, she uh, wrote and ran classes and stuff in in India. Um, but she wrote a lot of uh, works with similar kinds of backdrops, which lent a lot of authenticity to everything. So, like, one of the things sure. that's mentioned in this and, like, the um, few people who had been to the Himalayas or there were a few native Himalayans, like, on set, uh, they were like, oh, yeah, the mountains and, like, the setting and everything is perfect. Like, this is oh. exactly what it was like. Wonderful. Uh, or is like, I guess, because it's pretty much contemporary. Oh, okay. Um Right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, she hated the movie. Oh, no! Because <laughs> she said that everything about it was phony. Uh, I tried to figure phony. out what she meant, and from all I can tell is that she wanted to be, like, shot on location, oh, which is okay. just well, impossible. Listen, it's the Himalayas, <laughs> yeah. dude. Um, okay. That and, like, they brought a lot of the subtext to text because it's a visual medium. You're going to show stuff. Sure, sure. It's not just furtive glances. You do have the close-up on the lipstick. And yeah, yeah. All that. It's a movie. <laughs> I don't know. Rumor. These are new Rumor. things. <laughs> this is a movie. Uh, Interesting. And speaking Foley. of that, like, we talked about the matte painting backdrops. Mm-hmm. They look so good. They look... And I, I'm not even saying, like, for 1947 they look mm. good. They, ga- they give me... I'm afraid of heights. It's hard to watch the scenes where she's... she Like, Clara steps out to ring that bell for the yeah. first time, which is bafflingly perched on the absolute razor's edge of the cliff. Why would you do that to yourself? Before Osha. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yes, the harem castle is not Osha compliant. Yeah. Oh my god. But yeah, it's like the the depth in that painting. Like they they live on a cliff face, mm. and your stomach lurches a little bit every time they show it. Like honestly, the only thing that makes it feel. The only thing that gives away, like, oh, this isn't real, is the fact that when we're watching it now, it's in such high fidelity. Whereas if you're watching it at the time, it would have been fuzzy enough that I am positive you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Yeah, yeah. Someone would be, like, you know, pressed against the back of their theater (laughs) seat, trying to, like, no, don't go over the edge. (laughs) (laughs) How do they get a camera up there? Um... Yeah. yeah. After uh, the film's release, Powell said that, uh, quote, our mountains were painted on glass. So that's how the matte oh. painting was done for uh. a film technique I don't quite understand. But I, yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, we decided to do the whole thing in the studio. And that's the way we managed to maintain color control uh, okay. from beginning to end. Sometimes in a film, its theme or its color are more important than the plot. I believe this 100% about yeah. this movie. Because yeah. this is, I was thinking about this when we watched it. It. The movie starts out where everything is like white, like yes, very yeah. clean edges yeah. and all that, and it becomes You're more in the convent. more blue and red the farther on you go. Yes, yeah. and like very deep, vivid, like yeah, yeah. bruise colors. It's yeah. very, it's very intense. Yeah, that's right. 
Interesting. Yeah. I okay. I was gonna say about like the the thing that really to me sells the mats is that they do have that sort of glow that regular matte paintings don't, and and I guess. I, I, I would that, assume glass yeah, gives it that quality. Something about the lighting of it. Yeah, yeah, it it looks like a glow is coming over the like the eastern mountains mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, a few shots at the end where it's like dawn and the sun is rising yeah. over the whole thing, just like oh. beautiful. Seriously, just watch it with the sound off. I don't even yep. care. Go watch the movie. Yeah, if you can't stand the sound of a British accent from the forties, <laughs> which okay, fair. <laughs> I'm sure you could get the the sense of the whole thing just from. This is one of those that, like... Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's so yeah. visually designed that, you, yeah, you know. Yes, it has a very, like, it an inevitability to it. It doesn't matter what the mm. the dialogue is, for sure. <laughs> oh, that's a good idea. I'm going to do that. <laughs> we just anyway. watched it. <laughs> <laughs> Again! One more time. Uh, one thing that I think is cute, they ET'd this. Um, <laughs> the music that's occurring when Ruth is trying to push Clodagh off at the end. Yeah. Uh, it was written before anything was shot. Oh, and they, they, okay. <laughs> they choreographed that scene uh, and the editing to the music. That which, makes sense. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. It's like, a very good what? I'm so eager to find out what you think the verb E.T. is. There's just Reese's pieces all over the set. <laughs> they just threw them in the air. Yeah. Funding Dogs provided by. Dogs around the, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Reese's pieces. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Okay. Who did the, the music for this? You know, I wish I had written that down because... Sure. I wish I hadn't asked now. <laughs> no, <I'm> well, <laughs> uh, here's a, you know, we're over a dozen episodes in, learning a little bit about Nick and Aaron. We were originally musicians, so... Yes. If you hear us talking about music a lot, it's because... We like that. We <laughs> we <laughs> usually pay attention. And now I'm realizing that, yeah, I really like the soundtrack and I didn't uh, really clock who it is. Right. Brian Easdale, who did um, some of the other Powell and Pressburgers and oh, uh, cool, Peeping cool. Tom. That kind oh, of thing. nice. Okay. Yeah. So not not super duper famous in the movie world, but no, some but... big and red shoes is the other big one. So that, oh, that would yeah, be his, his big deal. Is he a ballet composer? Yes. Ah, <laughs> authenticity. Yeah, I love to see. It. <laughs> hence the like the choreography at the end. It's like ballet, baby. Whoa! <laughs> okay, there, George Lucas. Let's take a step back here. It's a rhyming ballet. Uh, <laughs> it's like ballet; it rhymes. <laughs> That's the thing. Are we losing our minds? Yes, I'm so sorry. Please continue. <laughs> uh, uh, I one last like fun fact about the filming process. Yeah. The the movie ends with like the monsoon coming, and that's like your relief, and then the credits roll. Yes. That was originally the second to last scene, oh. and there was another scene. Originally, it was to end with a scene of a uh, Clodagh returning to the convent. And she sobs and blames herself for the convent's failure to Mother Dorothea, who oh, sends sure, her the, out the first time. Yeah. Uh, Mother Dorothea touches and speaks to Sister Clodagh welcomingly as the latter's tears continue to fall. And that's, like, it ends, the credits come up over her tears. Like, it would oh, be geez. a pretty brutal ending. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like, it's not that the ending is hopeful, but at least feels like uh, we're free of this the bad thing is horny gone. prison. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That was the subtitle for this movie is Horny Prison. Yeah. And Black Narcissist refers to just like a cologne one of the hot a, characters is wearing. Yeah, a perfume that's like, God damn. Yeah, everyone boy. gets yeah. like uh, stuttery and muttery when they're like, oh, it smells really good in here. The nun even teaching that class is like, no, go. I have to step outside. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, that's funny. Yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, but when they filmed the scene with the rainfall on the leaves, like mm-hmm. what is the final closing scene? Powell was so impressed with it that he decided to, de- to designate it the last scene and to oh. scrap the ending altogether. Because he's like, this is a totally. lovely yep. ending. Totally. Uh, Jack Cardiff was the director of photography, who's right. a very famous DP. Yes. He was a huge fan of the original scene and the original ending. Uh, and he's the one that came up with the technique that they used for the rain at the end. Oh. Uh, so he said to his dying day that uh, he called the opening drops of the rainfall the worst idea I ever had. <laughs> it is... was too good. <laughs> Which I, I like that for a thing of, like, everybody loves how this movie ends, yeah. and he's just like, no, it sucks. God damn it. I did an amazing job, and I hate it. What a humble brag, yeah. <laughs> this, this iconic fucking shot is my worst idea. Yeah. I've had better. <laughs> okay, Jackie. All right. Uh, nice. Those are fun facts. The one last thing I wanted to, after this movie premiered, I love this so much. So, this, I've said it many a time, this is a very erotic movie um <laughs> could you get a little closer to the mic do you erotic. think erotic oh my god uh, <laughs> the um 
And it doesn't, it's not that it paints nuns in a bad light, just in a, let's say, different light than nuns want to be seen in. Yeah, Um, sure, yeah. So, after it premiered, UK was cool with it, they're hanging out, they enjoyed it, came to the States, and uh, that's when the Catholic National Legion of Decency got involved. (sighs) Anything with the word decency (laughs) in the name, you are fucked. Especially pre-60s, I feel like. I feel like they had more power then. Well, wasn't that the whole, wasn't the the head of that is the reason that the, like, whatever, Hayes, Mr. Hayes, I don't fucking know. Yeah, something like that, the Hayes Code, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was like, not only can you not show, you know, sex, nudity, violence, murder, you cannot paint the clergy in a poor light. Yeah. Was the they other have to be huge infallible. precept. Yeah. 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 Um, so they called it, quote, an affront to religion and religious life. Uh, and they called it this for characterizing it as, quote, an escape for the abnormal, the neurotic, and the frustrated. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, you're almost there, guy. <laughs> you're so close to getting it. From the production code office, which is entirely separate from the Legion of Decency. Quote, is it, though? Uh, while the story is not quite clear and concise, to us it has about it a flavor of sex sin in oh connection with certain of the nuns, which, in our judgment, is not good. <laughs> judgment by this is the It's the most qualifying sentence, because if you break it down, it just yeah. says, it got sex and I don't like that. <laughs> It reminded me that sex exists. By the way, nowhere in this movie, Someone... Mr. Dean's shorts are the, the <laughs> most you see of a human body. He in is this, shirtless like, in a scene. Okay, that's yeah. fair. And like the holy man is shirtless on the mountain or whatever. That's yeah. literally the most skin you see. Everyone's very sweaty. Like that's true. They make David well, Farrar have... up in a topless, very hornily sweaty way. Like it's that's there true. to elicit that yeah. very clearly. But like... There isn't even a single kiss in this movie. No, no, there's not, like, a lingering touch or whatever, like... Sister Ruth goes for it, but that's the closest you can say. Yeah, but then she falls down and hits her head because she's got diphtheria (laughs) or whatever. Like, it's it's not... There is... Yeah. At (laughs) no point would you be, like, watching this with your parents and be like, I'm uncomfortable. Like, No. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is the one horny movie you can watch with your parents. That's what it is. <laughs> That's we're putting that stamp on yeah. it. I recommend this horny movie for your family viewing pleasure. We're saying horny too much. I, I don't like I'm it. Sorry, mom. I'm sorry. <laughs> going to be the National League of Decency here. Of Decency. <laughs> the Canadian Catholic <laughs> League of yeah. Uh, yeah. This is a classic example, by the way, of like mm. if you were already obsessed with sex, yes, you would you would have a hard time Ooh. with this movie. So all you're doing by saying, this movie is too sexy, is being like... All you're screaming is like, I relate to this content! <laughs> I am also frustrated. Anyway. More from the Legion of Decency. Please no. Quote, It is a long time since the American public has been handed such a perverted specimen of oh bad taste, God. vicious inaccuracies, and oh, ludicrous improbabilities. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> ludicrous improbabilities! Couldn't even stick the landing there on the harsh language. Uh, I love <laughs> it's an it. absolute improbability. Like nuns don't wear monocles, but they're just they the, all of their monocles their are faces. flying into soup just <laughs> as they're trying to watch the. And movie. like, I'm sorry, but if you, it, it isn't the whole idea behind the Catholic Church like humans are flawed. Yeah. And that if you really, if you like become, if you humble yourself and admit your flaws yeah. and your fallibility, you can it work to improve that. And I mean, the... and the reason that the, 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 the nuns fuck it up is because they're not willing to admit, admit their flaws. Yeah, they can't actually reflect yeah. accurately. And like, you, I know that this isn't the intention of the movie, but you could read it as... Oh, Sister Ruth dies because it classic. It's a horror movie thing. She dies because she's there. You the go. The slut dies. Yeah. 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 Um, classic horror movie rules. That's a classic trope coming to you from the forties now. <laughs> uh, but the the all the other nuns survive and go on to have lives because they remain penitent. Now, I yes. mean, if you analyze it closely, none of these nuns are going to be happy after this. But like, no. That <laughs> you could make a case for it being really driving home the religious ideal of like, and look at these three who didn't, or four who didn't give in to... Yes, you survived to, you know, proselytize another day. Yes, you killed a baby by accident. You've learned not to give that baby that medicine anymore. Like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So the Legion of Decency screened this movie and gave it a C classification, which is for Condemned. (laughs) 
Um, and it legitimately, like, now we laugh and we're like, oh, this would drive ticket sales. At the time, it legitimately kept theaters from carrying it. Oh, so sure, it sure. it didn't yeah. become as huge a thing in North America as it was in the UK. For that reason, literally, they just couldn't show it places. It, people literally couldn't yeah. see it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Street Magazine reported that, quote, out of 13 fathers, eight gave it a C rating. The rest co- <laughs> recommending A2, which is unobjectionable for adults only. Thank you, eight fathers. I literally, I thought I forgot we were talking about the church, and I was like, they just pulled dads? <laughs> the dad vote is in. <laughs> the crucial dad vote. So because they wanted to get some money from it, uh, they did make cuts to the movie oh, okay. to run it in the States. So what we saw is the non-cut version. Correct. What did they cut? So the cuts that were demanded, like they were told, you have to cut this and in then order we can show to release it. it. Okay. All of Cloto's flashbacks, so you learned nothing about Cloto's past. so unobjectionable. It's literally just she loved a guy and the guy did, wanted to go to university yeah. instead. And she went to a convent and he went to a university and that's it. But it's showing that, that she still has regret for her past life, which you're not allowed to have. Oh. You're not allowed to express. Jesus Don't do it. <laughs> okay. Uh, and uh, all sight of lipstick is cut from it. Mm, so that, that close-up, yeah. it's not in there. A lot of okay. the stuff with Ruth in the ending is cut around so that you're not getting really big on shots of a nun in lipstick. lipstick. <laughs> uh, and okay. all of and the, this is their word, quote, the more erotically charged lines. Uh, so eager cut. to hear what these are going to be. Well, there are a lot of uh, Ferrara's lines where he's being like rude and cheeky to them. The example that I found was the when he says, um, when the nuns first arrive and they're telling him what they're Therefore, like, we're here to educate yeah. the girls. The school, and, the hospital. Uh, and he says, you'll be doing me a favor when you educate the local girls. Oh, that's right. That is literally the most explicit they are yeah. about sex And I mean, movie. it's pretty... It's not, For the 40s, I'd say. It's, it's pretty, a little cheeky. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, like, today, I feel like if you put this in front of a younger person today, they'd just be like, yeah, because then they'll be smarter. Like, they won't know... <laughs> it won't even, yeah. <laughs> Oh, my God. Uh, so, uh, one last thing on the lipstick. Uh, Technicolor made the nun's unlipsticked lips look like they were wearing bright red lipstick. Oh, no. <laughs> so, they were... Okay. Every scene with the nuns, they're actually wearing uh, lipstick matched to their skin tone oh, to sure. hide. Sure. So, like, haha, gotcha, Catholics. <laughs> <laughs> There's lipstick in every scene, you idiots. <laughs> I love that. Uh-huh. Eight out of ten fathers can't spot the lipstick in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Those other two fathers, we gotta keep an eye on. And some last two things. Uh, when this movie was premiered in the UK, there were, like, literal gasps and, like, oh, in the audience because... Monocles. not Not because of the eroticism, but literally because of the visual imagery in it. So a lot of the example that I found in all the reviews were, like, there's a... Pretty early on, there's cuts to... Like really sharp cuts to a bunch of uh, blooming flowers, oh, and those like yes. there were like people like accidentally going like, <gasps> from just like the color. I believe that. Yeah. I almost did that when it. It's like almost. Oh, pardon me. It's almost exactly halfway through. Is that is right? It? I couldn't can't remember exactly when it is. I I think of it as like the tipping point of the mm. movie where the like the troubles have started to build up and then they do this sort of cut to the the peonies in bloom and they're just like vividly pink like nothing you would even. I don't know that I've ever seen flowers that yeah. color in real life. That makes sense because that that I when we're at that point, it, it feels to me like oh, you can't fight your nature, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This this castle you. is going to be overgrown by these flowers in a month. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Oh my god. And like Britain. some of the the downward shot that you talked about of ringing the bell and looking down, like yeah. people that like had to avert their eyes. I'm literally. not surprised in yeah. the least. Like if you thought a train coming was coming at you <laughs> out of the screen, yeah, you'd be like, oh, I'm falling to my death. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> and I wanted to throw in this a little bit. Um, so the film's use of lighting and techniques have made a profound impact on later filmmakers, Ooh. obviously. Sure. <laughs> uh, but the two notable ones that talk about it all the time are Martin Scorsese and uh, Francis Ford Coppola. Oh, neat. Uh, Marty references shots and lighting from this movie pretty wild, widely, apparently. Like, he tries oh. to, like, match the techniques used for it. Uh, Color of Money is a big one, which I haven't, I haven't seen, seen, so I'm not yeah. in that. But he, he, I like this, from Marty, he refers to it as the world's first truly erotic film. <laughs> okay, Martin, that's, 
That's Stop quite talking enough. about eroticism, you Stop old Italian man. That word. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. Cool. So, all right. That's all I've got to say on Black Narcissus. What are you? What are uh, your? What are I your mean, big thoughts? What's your big takeaway from? I I it is for me like reading about the program of like missionary work and mm. the idea of establishing you know convents and and missionary bases yeah. out in these like oh remote wilds and you know educating the local populace blah 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 it just comes from such a place of like self importance and I don't you know we have our fun with we the do. church but like <laughs> it it really like it's such a it's almost a bottle episode feeling <laughs> where you you put these nuns who are used to just thinking of themselves as like improving the planet and like i'm sure a little bit they are or they enjoy their work in that way where they're mm. like we healed someone you know we, we yeah like it's not all bad <laughs> yeah like they do like they give out medicine for free like they run a free hospital in these places and like free schooling and mm. things like that and yes the idea is to funnel kids towards like you know british medical schools or whatever but like yeah. a lot of these nuns became full-on doctors Oh. Like, they went to medical school in preparation and, like, became, you know, <laughs> they they genuinely did a lot of physical good. <laughs> and that's, if that's the place you're coming from where you're like, yes, we, I think the, the other thing, if I'm remembering correctly, this movie came out maybe a year or two before India declared independence from Britain. Yeah, that would be about the right? timeline. Yeah. Around then. And so this is a very, like, this is the last hurrah of, oh, here's what we thought we were doing. Yeah. Here's what we actually did. We killed a baby. One of us died. And then we left in disgrace. You know what I mean? <laughs> Having and, like, caused more chaos than we ever So much solved. more chaos. Yes. Yeah. And obviously, you know, the church is not 100% responsible for, like, the enormous famine that killed millions or mm. whatever. But, yeah, just, just not just going in with, like, I'm doing good. Mm. And then actually being confronted. Like, you just have to sit there. You can't even leave the mountain. You just have to sit there and watch horrible things happen over and over that really that do happen because you are there. Yeah. You're not doing them. But, but it's your the ripple presence, effect of yeah. you arriving. Yeah. Yeah. Causes them and like, oh shit. Okay. So just, you know, and and each individual nun having a different way to cope with that or mm -hmm. or kind of taking it a different way, taking responsibility in a different way. Yeah. And this idea of like balancing like independence, personal independence with collective responsibility. Like, yes, you have to, you want to plant flowers, you have to plant onions <laughs> or nobody eats, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Like just each nun sort of has a, a different spin on how to deal with that, with that feeling of like, mm. I've been handed a shit lot. How am I going to deal with it? Yeah. And it does blow up in every one of their faces. Yeah. Because there was just nothing. The intent is great, but you are not putting in the work. Like, you know, mm. the League of Decency here is like, they're infallible. Like, well, do you see what happens when you think of yourself yeah, as that's, infallible? It really touched a nerve with them. Maybe yeah, that's the like... I mean, I feel like they saw something in there that they did not enjoy. <laughs> yeah. So just like, do you have the, do you have the humility to accept when you're, when you're causing harm? And when to mm. and and just say like, yep, I I should not be imposing my will on this situation. I'm gonna fuck off down the mountain. <laughs> or are you going to go insane and try to push your boss off a cliff? <laughs> Those are obviously Those the, are the two, two choices. Yeah. Yes, and we, we all know that the church is great at accepting responsibility for their <laughs> for the harm they've done to local Ooh. populations. I also do like <sighs> the um, the saddest one to me is is it Bryony who runs the hospital? Yeah, she's the very tall nun. I think so. Whoever runs the hospital, yeah. Mm. Or no, Honey. Honey runs the classes. Briny runs the hospital. Okay, sure. Yeah. Sorry. It's been a week since the we watched it. Yeah. And I can't keep our nuns. <laughs> the hospital one. Too many nuns. <laughs> um, there's one who, yeah, she she sees this baby who's like sick. It has a fever. The, the mother has brought her baby mm. here to be helped. Yeah. And I think it's Mr. Dean who is like, don't. Like this fever will break. Don't touch it. Don't don't aggravate the baby. Just let it sleep it off. Yeah. 
It has a 50-50 shot right now. That is, yeah, Briny, who runs the hospital, she says that, like, don't. Oh, sure, Because Dean warned them before. Yes, don't don't get involved. Don't try and, like, push a lot of medicine on them. And then who, is it Honey? Honey takes it upon herself to try and treat. She's seeing this baby, like, suffering. It's crying, it's sweating. The mother is in tears. Like, Mm -hmm. there's suffering there, and she just wants to help. But by doing so... She like by by thinking that like oh I'm going to I'm going to help I'm going to do something I'm mm. going to to make a decision on behalf of someone else and she gives the mother some medicine to give to the baby once they're like back in the village and the baby dies yep and it just like it that's the saddest one because she literally she just wanted to heal that baby like you can say a lot for like whenever there's depicted good intentions gone bad but that is literally the most the loftiest ideal of good yeah. intentions of I want a baby to live yeah you and... couldn't possibly fault someone. For for doing that but that there was still a bad result yeah. you still you know yeah. you you killed that baby it might have it probably would have lived yeah. if not for you which is hard and to to be able to admit that and like Oof. you know absorb that and learn from it yeah. very hard are you up to that does it just break you you know yeah intense yeah so just a very like humanist hmm. and like really sad like the saddest erotic movie <laughs> I'm He's just say, crying and horny, and I yeah. can't figure it out. <laughs> it's a very upsetting experience. But, yeah, that's that to me is just, like, from the second they step foot in there, you're like, yeah, this is going to go really poorly. Yeah. And just constant reminders on the walls Ooh. and in the air. and like, yes. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, so, like, untethered from the, you know, the basis of society that you come from, like, what kind of person are mm. you? When the when the rules are different, what what kind of person are you? Yeah. Is my big takeaway on this. Hmm. And it's such a, like, you only really see each nun, Claudia and Ruth, obviously, a lot, but the other yeah. nuns, like, you get a really good sense of them immediately. Yeah. And they have arcs. They're short, but they are clear and they are, like, sad. Yeah. Yeah. The the gardener is the one that sticks with me the most of just, like... Yeah. I can, you can see in her performance, and this might be me projecting, but the thing of, like... Her troubles and trials while she's there are much less than everybody else's, and she seems like she's just trying to fly under the radar yeah. and just like, please, I don't want to be a burden. Like that very, yeah. like that's I'm just, just so, trying to grow a garden. Yeah, like she's not killing a baby. She's not <laughs> no. uh, going horny crazy. She is just like doing what she can to get through each day. Yeah, it's really like, mm, yeah, it's yeah. very tough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there you go. That's that's my takeaway. I like that. That's very different from from the feeling that this movie leaves me with. Oh, what did, which, it, what did it leave you with? And this is for sure me projecting. <laughs> uh, we talked about um, little Nick growing up uh, Anglican and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm here to represent that side of the table. And this, the, all, my biggest takeaway, and it's just, it's the text, is that this is just a huge PSA against repression. And <laughs> sure. The what happens when you don't act, actively reflect on what something means and why you're thinking of it mm. and why it's affecting you. Sure. Um, sure. So it's just all this movie is if you push something down, this is what you'll get kind right. of thing. You will you'll fall off a cliff and die. <laughs> uh, <laughs> science. Yeah. The, the most obvious way that it's brought out is the extreme horniness coming off of the movie, as sure. I've mentioned a lot. And it's what everyone remembers for a reason about this movie. Like, you look up any review, like, you go to Letterboxd and look up the first hundred reviews, and they'll just be like, wow, check out these Nuns Gone Wild. We just keep yeah. talking about it because it's, you don't, every other movie that's tried to show this in such a way to me that I'm aware of is just, like, it's so overt and obvious that you're just like, that's not interesting. But this is, like, really makes all the characters very human, and you get to see the effect that it has on them. This is show and not tell, for sure, for for that idea. Yeah. But the other big, like, that's all internal repression, like... Okay, that's that has to do with me and pushing that down. But yeah. there's also the external kind, which you you do see, but you don't see expressed in this way, I don't feel like. But this is where like the nuns are told over and over how things work here, how they should be doing things. Yeah. What pitfalls to avoid, like all of these things, that's very good advice. And you repress that because you're like, Oh, that's not what I was taught, that's not what I was told, that isn't how I was brought up, like yeah. that kind of feeling. I know um, if I was doing something incorrectly. Yeah, yeah, and society tells me that I'm doing something yeah, incorrectly very if validated. I give into this. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so it, it's tied up with colonial stuff, but it does feel like sure. when it's brought to this individual level, it does just feel like another flavor of repression. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
uh, <laughs> all these British colonials just getting on their ponies and saying, well, these people obviously don't know any better, but we clearly do. Yeah. And I just wanted to mention the stout ponies are great. They're so cute. They're so cute. cute. <laughs> David Farrar and a little, little fat pony. Yeah, yeah you kidding me? The ponies you got to ride, like, if you let your legs dangle all the way, they will <laughs> scrape Dragon. on the mountain. <laughs> oh, they're so cute. They're so tiny. Yeah, so the thing that sticks with me the most out of all of this, when you, like, zoom out from it, is that the... The order of nuns, not just these particular nuns, they're repressing the wants and needs of a population for the sake of what they consider is the right thing to do, what they think sure. is best for them. So they're externalizing their repression, they're passing yeah. it on to to another, right? Yeah, and the cycle yes. continues like that. They're trying to they're trying to build in that cycle. I'm like, yeah, because they've been taught that it's good that things should work this way, and and it's the only way things should work. Yeah, that holy fuck, did I throw away my life? If <laughs> yeah. That's not yeah. Don't think about yeah. it. Don't think about it. Nice. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Yes, the cycle of repression. That's yeah. good. That's good. And that the water break, like the rain breaking at the end, is like nope. That's giving we've into had it. Enough. Yeah. yeah. Like, nice. Like the palpable relief I feel when that rain starts is so. I mean, we did watch it at like you know it feels like forty two degrees outside <laughs> and it's ninety five percent humidity. So I want that. <laughs> I want a monsoon. But like, no, you're right. It's. It, it feels very final. It's the perfect button on that movie of like, and then the storms broke and yeah. they, it washed them off the mountain, basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Had enough. Sweet. Nice. Well, that's, that's what we think about Black Narcissist, this wonderful movie. So let's uh, move on and uh, talk about some double bills. Uh, let's do it. Yeah. Let's each use this movie to program a double bill complete with a marquee title if we happen to think of one. Uh, I can tell from your face that you, like me, have not thought of one. <laughs> and I meant to think of one this morning. I was like, I'm going to take some time. <laughs> no, you idiot. Okay. <laughs> and the cat was meowing and just yeah, couldn't do it. Just, my brain is yeah. full of holes. So over to you. Let's see uh, what oh, your... I always go first. Yeah, no, we talk about this oh, each week. Because okay, right. uh, we're just doing the old back and forth. <laughs> the old back and forth. All right. So I'm going to take as my sort of double bill kernel... Mm-hmm. I'm going to take the idea that you... Me. <laughs> you have to sort of balance your self-confidence and your idea that, like, I have... I am strong as, as an individual and I, like, am personally strong enough to do something with, like... Not balance, necessarily, but mm. knowing when to admit defeat mm. and just kind of living in your inability to fix something or to change something or to you know when doing your best is actually not good enough hmm. you know yeah that's a rough that's a rough thing to have that's to admit. rough yeah. yeah becoming human not becoming no thank you <laughs> am i none or am i human <laughs> being a human we all go through some form of that at some point in our lives if it hasn't happened to you yet just a heads up <laughs> It's coming. It's a coming. Or you missed it. <laughs> yeah. Or you just weren't paying attention. In which case, kudos, I guess. Um, yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna build my double bill around that concept, uh, and I'm gonna pair it with a movie about a loser <laughs> who still tries their hardest because that's what you have to do. And okay. <laughs> you're gonna hate this. I'm I'm excited. This is the first time you've had the big shit eating grin <laughs> when you're presenting a thing. Yes. Because this is a, I think this this is one of the farthest apart disparities in like the quality oh of the movie. Okay. So I'm gonna pair Black Narcissus with 2018's Venom <laughs> <laughs> because I can. Because <laughs> nobody told me I couldn't. Um, oh my god. So let me, yeah, let me take me through you through this. it. I'm dizzy. So I kind of started out with this idea that like <laughs> pay attention, focus up. <laughs> Just think about Tom Hardy a lot. No, I know that's fair. I am too. Um, that that like Clauda and Ruth are kind of two sides of the same coin, right? Okay, where so Ruth is the symbiote. <laughs> that's kind of where I was starting with this. She's obviously like dark nun. Yeah, you know. But I was like, ah, oh, it's not exactly like Ruth isn't part of Clara. I know there's some element of like, if I don't be careful, if I don't keep an oh, iron yeah. grip on myself, I could end up like Ruth. Like, there's some element of that. For sure. And she's she's young and she's been made a sister superior. Like, she has a lot to prove. And mm. yeah, oh, if I let go of control, I could all slip away like this. And I was like, okay, that doesn't really track. So I kind of left it. But then I would, could not stop thinking about how funny it would be to double build these together. <laughs> so I'm coming back to it because honestly, it's not um, it's not Eddie and Venom. It's Eddie Brock and I can't remember 
remember his character's name, but Riz Ahmed. The, oh, okay. yeah, the yeah. like tech entrepreneur guy. The Elon Musk stand-in. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so Riz Ahmed is Ruth and Tom Hardy is Clara in this situation where one kind of doesn't see themselves as fallible. They're not willing to examine their own mm. failings. He's just like, yeah, I'll take the symbiote. I can do it. I'm strong enough. And mm-hmm. Ruth is like, yeah, I'll I'll get this guy to love me. Like, I'm awesome and therefore this will go well for me. Mm. I want it. Therefore, I should have it. Right. You know, all four of these people are hot, so this is sure, exactly tracking. yeah, <laughs> tracking well so tracking far. Well, yep, yep. Ooh, this can be our burgeoning hotties segment. <laughs> I think for Riz, all... for, Riz. Oh, for Riz, yes, Tom yes. Hardy is an established hottie. Established hottie. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So Riz Ahmed just does not see himself as fallible. No, um, he does not. But Tom Hardy is like Eddie Brock is very like. Yeah, I fucked up a lot of things. I did it because I thought it was best. And like I, you know, he gets thrown out of journalism, I guess, because he won't stop. It's like blacklisted. Yeah, Yeah. because he doesn't play by the rules (laughs) or whatever. But like, but for a good cause, like he, he wants to do the right thing. And he's bumping up against like the rules a lot of the time. Mm. And And his personal life. Yes. Um. And he just realizes he can. He's not gonna like win, quote unquote. Like he's not gonna come out on top of this system or the situation or whatever. So he just has to admit, like, I am not strong enough to punch my way to the top of this situation. I just have to accept that, like, I need help. I need help from Venom, or I need help from you know. If anything, really. David Ferrer is Venom in this yes, situation he is. where he's like saying the shit you don't want to hear, but like, that you know up. is true. Yeah, fuck, he's Stop great. Stop calling me a loser. In your floppy hat. Yeah, <laughs> he's got the floppiest. Lo- he looks like Scarecrow from. Oh, he does. Yeah, yeah. from from. Uh, oh my God, why am I blanking on the world's most famous movie? The Wizard movie? of Id. <laughs> <laughs> great cartoon. Um, yeah, and both have this thing of like um, balancing individual will with collective responsibility. Oh, where that's true. Eddie Brock is a journalist, and like he's yeah. responsible for like telling people the truth in order to like like exposing you know people who are trying to lie to people. Mm. Um, a lot of people in this scenario, Ex- you know, exposing Riz Ahmed's thing of like I'm just gonna do wild experiments because <laughs> I think I'm very smart. Um, so ethical journalism, and Claude is responsible for like keeping the nuns literally physically safe, but also mentally safe. Yeah. And just like, yeah, just doing things ethically and realizing, oh, I can't actually do both. So yeah, I have that, to like, step back and admit defeat. You're having to sacrifice a lot of yourself to keep that responsibility going. And there's yes, a breaking point in that. Exactly. Yeah. And I do like that both Clara and Brock, they encounter like types of antagonists that they've run into before. Like, mm. you know, big self-important tech entrepreneur guy and like none that thinks they they know better and they're they're the smartest one of the bunch this very like well everyone else is just as bad as me and at least i admit it and i own it or whatever um but but now this situation is very like this matchup is very personal for them like this is Claudia's first assignment as sister superior ruth could totally fucking derail it for her and yeah, she could. yeah, and Eddie Brock I guess she is does, she totally does, <laughs> yep. among other things. But and then Eddie Brack has this like very Eddie Brack has this very um, important story, basically. Like this guy is going is doing experiments on homeless people with alien blood, <laughs> and oh my god, I forgot about uh, right. Yeah, that's right. It's very dark. Yeah, but now, but then it becomes very personal. Of like, no, I'm the one with the symbiote. I. Hmm. I accepted it, and we're in balance. Why can't you? You're yeah. fucking this up for me. <laughs> I'm choosing this responsibility, and, like, yeah. you're making me look bad. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, I-, I just gave in to the symbiote. Sh- should I not have? You know, this yeah. very, like, self-doubting thing. They both have a lot of self-doubt, mm. and they're both dealing with, like, essentially the flip side of the the coin for yeah. themselves. Like, the the dark version of them. That's good stuff. Yeah. That you had warned me that I would not be able to guess what you were coming to me this week <laughs> you didn't, with. And did you? No, not even close. <laughs> I was. You were like, I wonder if we did the same movie. I was like, I'm nah, pretty sure we did not. <laughs> I don't think you would dare uh, do a movie this you say stupid. That. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Now I'm just picturing Deborah Kerr going up against Carnage. Oh yes. <laughs> Deborah yes. Kerr and Woody Harrelson, like you've never seen them before. <laughs> I would. Definitely by Kathleen Byron as Carnage. Yeah, actually. Yes. Just she's got that, like, she has, I think it's diphtheria. Yeah, but she's, like, 
her eyes become red in a way that yeah. like is very exaggerated because of the technicolor it's extremely fucking spooky to yeah. see her final appearance mm-hmm. and i'm like yeah that belongs in a marvel movie like mm-hmm. that's that's a fucking that's a reveal yeah anyway very ghoulish yes yeah. so there you go over to you, yeah, okay. my friend. Thank you so much. Uh, so I'm going with a movie that is primarily based on the idea of all the repressed sexuality and what and temptation and what society is telling you you have to do. Okay. But that ultimately leads to disaster. Okay. Uh, and it feels, I feel like I really, I started with this matchup because like, oh yeah, the two most visually striking movies I can think of. Oh, um, okay. Racking my brain here. All right. <laughs> and they also have a good deal of, like, othering another culture. Uh, sure. Okay. And, uh, yeah, there's just a lot of the hidden power of women's repressed sexuality. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Too spooky. Uh, so I'm speaking of 1992's Bram Stoker's Dracula. Oh, nice. Nice. <laughs> I was going to bring this up when you said Francis Ford Coppola, and I was like, I don't want to be that hack. <laughs> this was, I came up, I, I, th- I thought of Dracula first, and then my research, I was like, oh, okay. So he was, it wasn't that he was going into this movie trying to be like, yes. Black I, narcissist. Yeah. Black narcissist. But, but he, like, he nice. has a similar, uh, like, opinion of this as Marty does of like, oh, it, it is the, like, blueprint for how you like show repressed sexuality sure yes um, yeah yeah so i couldn't find anything nice. about bram Stoker's dracula that coppola was like i did this because of black narcissists but sure. it all seems to line up pretty cleanly well if you've seen both yeah yeah uh and so i while i was like okay i like this idea because of this if you haven't seen bram Stoker's dracula it is a parade of insane accents and literally oh. just watching it for the visuals is enough yeah uh there's a lot of stuff in there that ain't good but uh no. it's fun <laughs> it's very fun and it almost has this charm of like they're just leaning into the the cheesiness so oh, much so that you're like yeah i respect the hell out of this yeah it's absolutely fair. and it is just like gallingly horny like yes <laughs> yeah this is the text. This is the super text yes, of I horniness, whereas like Black Narcissus, yeah. One of our other episodes, I was like, oh, here's the template for tropes, and here's them taken to the X extreme. Yeah. I think it was like Stray Dog and Hardboiled or something like that. Sure, sure. Um, but this is this is that same thing of like, Black Narcissus set him up so yes. that Bram Stoker's Dracula could like knock him down and then set fire <laughs> to it and hit it with Stomp a clown hammer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Blow it up with dynamite. Uh, but uh, yeah, like... The thing nice. that made Coppola want to make this movie, he initially he was like, Bleh. but he's like, oh, this script takes the time to just talk endlessly about how repressed Mina is. Sure. Uh, it's all over the page, and he was always fascinated with how repressed Victorians like approached the subject in their own time. Sure. So he was yeah. very into that like oh. lens of it all, oh, which I, know I know this isn't the same time we're talking about, but it feels very much the same rules, you know? Sure. Um, From like 1947 and 18. 18- yeah, when it, yeah, whatever. Whenever Dracula is. <laughs> Go look up Dracula. <laughs> uh, so, oh no, it would have been turn of the century, so closer than, closer than the thing. Oh, wow. End of okay. the 1800s, yeah. So funny. Like cars had been invented. <laughs> yeah, there's, just a weird they, they do exist in Dracula. There's a car? There's okay. a car or two. I think it's one of those, like, only the rich. Oh, <laughs> color TVs. Other thing, just like the loose other stuff that just kind of ties these two together for me. Like I said, there are accents abounds. <laughs> Some of you like, that's a real Fruit. one. And some of you like, no, Ooh, bad. Buddy. <laughs> so bad. Sorry, Keanu. This was a good idea. Sorry, buddy. I'm okay making fun of Keanu on it because Keanu himself just, his reaction to it is like, I was so tired. I didn't know what I was saying. <laughs> I literally couldn't, like, form words. Budapest. Budapest. <laughs> there's robes everywhere. Um, there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of cliffside stuff. <laughs> a lot of cliffside stuff. There's a lot of mention and talk about religion without actually tying into specifics of religion. So it's Real. the religion is the backdrop. Religion is kind of the society you're working in. They draw a lot of strength from religion in yeah. that vague way. And the first thing I thought of when I thought of these two together was like Jack Dracula's castle. The, you just said it, the cliffside. Stuff, oh, yeah. It just legitimately is what I think of when I think of Mopu Castle. In that oh, both, really? They're both super rundown. They're yeah. both, uh, you hear castle and then you look at it and you're like, oh, oh, I guess it's a castle. I mean, sort of, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I think that they present them both in the same way when they're even like, it's Dracula's castle, not much to look at anymore. <laughs> like, it's got that kind of thing to it. It's been any ages since anybody cleaned this place up. Yeah. Uh, okay. And in the same way, 
the lo- the castles themselves are both described in the scripts as semi-sentient. Where, Ooh, like, spooky. <laughs> oh. Like, Coppola's Dracula's castle, all the visual tricks that they use, it's all, like, practical. But it's, yeah. the walls are moving, the shadows, the shadows don't make don't any sense. The shadows don't fall right at uh, all. Yeah, that, like, the layout of it is impossible. That, like, it's constantly shifting. This thing that, like, the castle is trying to push you in different directions to Ooh, lead you along. Okay. And in Mopu, they're always talking about, like, there's something about this place that's affecting me. Yeah. And it's supposed to be this, like, this invasion uh, to force you to do something that you like or force temptation in front of you or whatever yes yeah Yeah, really trying to lead you yeah Yeah. oh nice i like that and uh they both deal with like your quote past life end quote and oh yeah literally a past life in dracula (laughs) and the metaphorical past life before the convent nice which you didn't see none of except in flashbacks Yeah. yeah None. Ah, you okay? Listen, I <laughs> kept that shit to myself a lot this episode. Yeah, we're at the end though. Yeah, so okay, I, let yeah. it all out. All right. uh, I can't think of a name for mine. Did you? You got anything for your venom black narcissist uh, hangout? I think I'm just gonna go with like dark side of the moon. Uh, I feel you could do black and white. I feel like that's <laughs> I guess. that's vague enough to be meaningful, right? <laughs> Yeah, you can think whatever you want about it. So. It's, I'm just describing Venom's costume. <laughs> You're just looking. There's and, a black one in this. There's and a white what a one nun wears this. traditionally. There you go. <laughs> cha cha cha. Uh, I can't think of anything for mine. Uh, on the edge. There you go. Because they're on the edge oh, of the yeah, cliff. Oh sure, 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 sure. Okay. Yeah. Don't read any more into that. Uh, <laughs> Edging. Combo- no, Shut I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm You're sorry. gonna do it. Uh, she gone ahead and done it to me. (laughs) I gotta. You simply must. Nice. Uh, Good stuff. Well, that pretty much wraps up our, uh, this episode of Garbage, I think. Yeah. Um, You can find us at GarbagePod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and, uh, Aaron, where can people find you at? Oh, you can find me at Macklebase on Twitter if you would like. Um, M-A-C-L-E-B-A-S-S. Yeah, please let us know if you're interested in having us talk about and double bill any particular movies. Yeah. We are very happy to take requests. For sure. Yeah, let us know what you would, if you're revisiting or seeing Black Nurses for the first time or, or whatever yeah. situation, let us know what you would pair with this bad yes. boy. What are your favorite horny nun movies? <laughs> PG, PG responses, yeah. please. <laughs> Nothing that I need a, a content filter for. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and Something you, on Criterion. Yeah. <laughs> really making it very yeah. established banneries. Uh, uh, you can find me at Dick R. Navis on Twitter. Um, D-I-C-K-R Navis. Please rate and review us on the podcast platform of your choice to help people find the show. That's about it for this week. I hope that you will come back and join us next time for another pile of garbage. Bye. Suppose you want to talk to me on anything else. Sorry.